0: warning the humps podcast is rated 18 plus for sexual content and graphic language listener discretion is advised good day everyone and welcome back to humps today we're talking about sex and germophobia and this one is more of a personal account I struggle with germophobia and I figured you know there's probably somebody else in the world struggling with this and it's an interesting topic that maybe not a lot of people have considered if they're not struggling with it. So I'm hoping to create some enlightenment, some insight, and hopefully some relatability. So first things first, I was not always a germaphobe. I grew up on a farm. I grew up, you know, eating carrots, just taking them out of the dirt, eating them after brushing off just a little bit of the dirt, vegetables straight out of the garden was completely regular for me. I used to roll in the mud, ate food many times without washing my hands, and, you know, many other things that make me cringe nowadays. That also being said, I'm sure the next thing everyone is wondering is how I became a germaphobe. And we'll go into that another episode when I feel more ready to share that story, but the thing that I'm feeling comfortable sharing with you now is letting you know that it was a traumatic experience that onset this. So it this problem that I have is a lot better than it was about seven years ago when it first started. And it's been progressively getting better each day with the help of my partner, family, friends, colleagues, everybody that I've kind of explained the situation to and kind of gave an idea of how my brain works. And I'll give you an idea of what the severity was at the very beginning, just so that there is kind of this baseline, I suppose, to kind of understand how bad it is or was. (laughs) So, I'll give you a few examples on the severity. So, I would not touch food that people were around unless it was sealed or my mother had prepared it and I had to make sure that nobody else was around it. Nobody else could be standing near the food that my mother prepared and if she prepared it in a timely manner and then I would sit down, I would have to serve myself before everyone else or else I wouldn't eat. And... It was very problematic, very difficult to not only understand, but to get used to because it was a very huge shift from what was regular for us. And I was still living with my parents at this point. I was 21 at the time and it was just an immediate shift. So very hard to accommodate. The effort was there. It was just hard to... What's the word? think ahead because it was so out of nowhere that there was no way for anybody to really figure out how my brain worked at that point because it hadn't been something that they've been working around long enough to know how to prepare for. Another thing was I would wash my hands so frequently that my hands were always cracked and they were so dry that not even turning my hand into a fist like not even all the way, my hands would crack open and bleed. Like my hands were bleeding constantly. And it didn't matter how much lotion I added to my hands. I would close my hand, do anything with my hand, crack and bleed instantly. I was using soap and hand sanitizer so frequently that there was no possible way for the natural oils in my skin to keep my hands in better condition. It just couldn't keep up with me. I would also, when I would go to bed, I was always worried about germs on my feet and hands because you walk on the ground, everybody walks on the ground, right? It's not the most sanitary of places. So I'd have Lysol wipes beside my bed and I would Lysol my hands and feet before getting into bed and I would refuse to enter my bed unless I was coming out of the shower and I was fully clean. I still take showers every day and still do this mantra, but I don't use the Lysol wipes anymore don't recommend it. <laughs> I I was using it on my skin a lot and I probably shouldn't have. It's not recommended. Um the other thing too that was I would say the worst thing that I did at the time is if somebody would come to me like I was in a work environment part of this time, right? I was I had a job full time. And if people walked up to me and were talking too close to me, and I felt like maybe, even if I didn't feel it, if spit would land on my face, I would start to panic. So then I'd run to the bathroom and pour hydrogen peroxide on the lower part of my face to make sure that I would be quote unquote safe. And, you know, I would use a medium sized bottle of hydrogen peroxide a week at my job because of how strong this fear was. And some of you may be thinking, well, weren't you wearing makeup or something? Or we see you wear makeup on social media, so wouldn't it show? It showed. (laughs) It definitely showed. I didn't stop wearing makeup during this time. I just, I was so paranoid that I didn't care. Because to me, I was like, I'm safe and that's what matters. I also, I remember when I would start getting dressed, For my day, if I didn't remember the last time I cleaned an article of clothing, then I would start to panic and I'd throw it into the wash again. Super difficult to keep track of, by the way, especially when you have a certain level of clothes. Like I didn't just have seven pairs of pants, seven shirts, like not enough for just a week, right? I had a variety. So that definitely put a lot of wear and tear in my clothes that was unnecessary because I'm sure most of them were fine. I struggled to eat at most restaurants because I just I couldn't see them preparing the food and I was always just terrified that the food was prepared in an unsanitary manner. I also, unfortunately, right before my traumatic event, I had a trip booked to Mexico with my parents and, well, I wasn't going to cut off the trip because I had already paid for it and there was no refunds. The severity of my stress... When we went all the way through the airports and got to the resort, I started to vomit from the stress that I was feeling when we got on resort. And just my whole vacation was just stress-filled. I still remember when we were in one of the restaurants in Mexico where I went to the bathroom stall, and I struggled at the time to even use a public bathroom, but I didn't have a lot of choices. And the toilet had no toilet seat, and the stall looked... I, I don't even think rough is a strong enough word. Needless to say, there was quite a lot of panic attacks that day. And um, despite the sun, I'm sure that I still maintained a fairly pale complexion from my stress. But, you know, the list goes on. Those aren't all of the things that I dealt with. They're some of the things I dealt with, which sounds probably really crazy to some people and others, it might be the same. And to some of you listening, Maybe what I'm experienced or experienced is peanuts. But that was my reality at the time. It was all stress all the time. Everything was being hyperanalyzed and everything was scary. Everything was difficult. And it was frustrating because I felt constantly poked at because, well, it's fine. I'm fine. So why wouldn't you be fine? And I understand the logic of that. But when you have a fear... That is illogical. Well, there's logic to being afraid of certain germs. I'm not saying there isn't, but it's an illogical fear when it comes to the point where it's crippling because your mental health is suffering so horribly from this terrible fear that it's just, it's not helping you at all. At all. It was to my detriment. And one has to wonder at some point, like how, how do I fix it? I just want to fix it. I don't want to be like this anymore because I knew what it was like to be on the other side. I had been on the other side of this. So through all of that, I had my partner and we weren't partners at the time. Like we were just getting to know each other when this whole thing started to um, play out, if you will. And this, this shit show was, Yeah, the cherry on top of getting to know someone, let me tell you. Words cannot express how much I appreciate the time and patience he had and has put into trying to understand and do things better to make me feel safe and comfortable. It has been very challenging there have been a lot of times where he sees me panic and then he has to rethink everything he did. And sometimes he couldn't reverse the panic. It was just too far gone at the time. And then he'd feel bad and then he didn't know how to fix it. So then he just hyperanalyze everything he did. So I was feeling stressed about germs and he was feeling stressed about making me get stressed. Well, At the time, he wasn't trying to. It was unintentional, but it was just constantly trying to think ahead. We were both thinking ahead, but for similar slash different reasons, if that all makes sense. We had gotten to know each other for three years before we even had sex, even though we were attracted to each other. Not at first, like at the very beginning. We had to get to know each other to get to that point that is a very long time for a lot of people to wait to have their first sexual relation with somebody that they're attracted to but i think it allowed a good amount of time for us to actually get to know each other before getting physically involved and starting a relationship because we literally we literally hit rock bottom Before we just dated on the honeymoon phase, right? Where it's all sunshine and rainbows. Us, we literally started at the bottom. It was the bottom. (laughs) You want hell, I give it to you. And if you can get out of this, you can get through anything. Is basically what the start of our relationship felt like. Now, before we started sexual relationships, I needed to know that neither of us had STIs or STDs. It was... Very important to me, especially with my germophobia, to really calm my mind with that. I didn't really have a concern with him being somebody who slept around while trying to get to know me. He made it very clear that it was just me that he was going after and that was it. So the concern was just to make sure that we were both clear of those things to know how to proceed. And it was only fair that I provided my results as well because it's an equivalent exchange. Now, that was the first barrier. The second barrier is for me to feel safe during sex, which is a whole beast of its own. Because let me tell you, it gets boring real quick because the only place I feel safe is in a clean bedroom after a shower and in the bed. There's no willy-nilly having sex in the middle of the house without taking a shower or super spontaneous. Like it becomes repetitive because I myself know that I want to be the cleanest I can possibly be before sex. And I don't know how to make sense of it. I just don't feel comfortable with the idea of having intercourse or any form of sex without bathing first. It just doesn't feel comfy to me right now. It used to. I've done it many times in the past before Before this whole thing happened. But now my brain just has a hard time going back to that. I'm getting closer than I was. But when we first started getting physical, absolutely out of the question. You are showering. We're going to the bedroom. And that's what it is because I can't do it any other way. We are currently working towards being more adventurous. But it's still a struggle. It. It's very frustrating because you want to keep the relationship exciting, but your brain keeps blocking you because you're constantly getting scared halfway through. And you're not going to be aroused when you're thinking, oh my God, what germs are touching me right now? Am I safe? Did my underwear just touch the floor? Am I going to be putting my underwear back on? Oh my God, what if my butt touched something and then it touches his penis and then it touches my vulva and then it goes in my vagina and then all of a sudden I'm. <laughs> that that's my brain that's my brain when it starts to freak out it just goes on this tangent and it just keeps going and it keeps escalating and it keeps creating worse and worse situations and then I'm just ending up in a full-blown panic attack because my butt touched something as the example for this it's it's crippling It's saddening, it's frustrating, it's so many things, because it's not like I asked to have this side effect. I don't know why my brain decided to flip a switch and tell me that germs are now your enemy. Prepare for crippling experiences that you never knew possible. because man at this point sometimes i'm just like i could do without the brain if it gives me a break because i can't take this shit no more i might as well be bald from this stress it it really takes a toll on all aspects of your life and it has robbed me of time and enjoyment and so many experiences and has challenged this relationship in ways that I feel like if I didn't have this problem, I wouldn't be going through these things and my partner wouldn't be either. Guy has been incredibly patient, and I know I mentioned that earlier, but I can't really put into words the patience and the kindness that he has given me through all of this. And it takes this toll. He's he's mentioned to me many times that he would like to try new things here and there, but he doesn't want to pressure me because he doesn't want me to relapse or to go through a very difficult experience because it's not fun for him if I'm just sitting there panicking. It's an experience for both of us, but there is that desire for spontaneity. And it, it becomes frustrating because then – I feel like I'm in a position where I can't satisfy my partner because my brain's not letting me. And it becomes a thing of, why can't I just decide to do it? And, oh, I could, I could speak for a long time about what it feels like to have, what feels like, metaphorically speaking, having your brain in a cage that you are trying to barge it out of. It is very difficult. Things have slowly improved over this period of time, though. It has been a while since I used peroxide on my face. I eat at most restaurants now. My hands don't bleed anymore. They're still pretty dry, but it's, it's improving. It's getting better. I experience a lot less stress than I used to and I'm slowly opening up more and more and it's helped that I've had coworkers and colleagues in the past who have tried to understand me to the best of their abilities and not put me in situations that would have basically driven me further into the ground. And after going through everything and dealing with all the stuff, I can't say that this is a completely bad thing, if that makes sense. It's really made our relationship stronger than I think many people have at the beginning of their relationships. Because like I said, we started at the bottom. But then I think to myself frequently is if I didn't have Gee and I had to enter the dating game with the brain that I have now... What a doorway to hell that would be. What a frickin nightmare. And unless I had a scan that I could carry that would scan people for honesty and stis, i I would just be a wreck all the time. I don't even know if I would be dating somebody at this point. It would be so difficult. Because I wouldn't have the tools at my disposal to make me feel comfortable. It's impossible to. And I can only imagine what others that are like me are going through, trying to find a partner, when you still crave intimacy, but you are so terrified of being touched and being vulnerable and just in general terrified of everything. Because you got to think, germs are everywhere. They're everywhere. It affects everything in your life. Every damn thing. I'm pretty sure I killed my goddamn phone <laughs> at the peak of my germophobia because I was Lysoling that thing so frequently. I'm sure I fried it from the inside out with all of that Lysol. And you know, being a germaphobe can feel like zero to one hundred in seconds when you're triggered, and it's very easy to get triggered. I I remember even this is going to be a bit of a dark comparison, but when COVID came around. And everyone was starting to wash their hands more and become more sanitary. Despite the horrible things that that virus put us through, I was mildly happy about it. I know that sounds dark, but think of it from the mindset of a germaphobe. There was hand sanitizer always at my disposal. People were cleaning their hands more. People were keeping their distance. If anything, I was feeling less ostracized because everybody was doing what I was doing, but for a different reason, forward slash the same reason. It just made me feel more normal. Even people that I was working with who knew I was struggling with germophobia, they were like, oh my God, everybody's like you now. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yes, but no. <laughs> it's, it's a different kind of fear, I suppose. It's still germ-related, but it's not to the same severity and it's not the same trigger. And I I would say that it affected multiple things in my life, not just the relationships with people and my partner, but my relationship with myself in general deteriorated quite a bit at its worst. I remember having to give up a lot of the things that used to make me feel sexy. I used to love sporting really long nails. Well, really long. <laughs> I don't have what some people like nowadays where I see it's like a whole other finger added. That That's a bit much for me. I like a bit of an extension on the nails, but I couldn't do that anymore when I had my germophobia because I had to look at my nails and think how many freaking germs are stuck under there that I cannot clean each time and I'm not going to carry a scrubber to clean under my nails each time. That is so tedious, so much more tedious than I'm already dealing with I don't need to add to my plate even though these make me feel so amazing I also was affected by the clothes that I wore like shorts and short skirts were no longer an option due to the fear of germs the fear of sitting down on something that would affect me was so high and it it wasn't even just the clothes on the outside my underwear was also changing I didn't wear thongs for a while Because it didn't feel like it was protecting me enough. Because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, pants help. But if it goes through the pants, oh my god, what am I going to do? Like, a thong's not protecting me. But my thong made me feel sexy. Like, it made my butt look better in pants. And I felt like I had to sacrifice that just so that I could stay sane. And that didn't feel like a good trade-off. Because logically speaking, I should be fine with the pants with the thong. But my brain was like, nope. You're not safe until you put a bigger barrier. This is what it is right now. It it was incredibly frustrating. And I just recently started putting on long nails again, which is a huge thing for me. It's been years since I've put on long nails. I still have to take breaks from them, but it's not so much about my state of mind as much as it is like my nails, my natural nails need to breathe once in a while. Much to my dismay, because I wish I could just wear fake nails all the time. <laughs> but thongs I've been wearing for a bit longer than the nails, I got back into it and calmed myself. And let me tell you the amount of times my partner had to tell me it's okay. You're okay. Everything's okay. I I couldn't tell you a number. An infinite amount. An a crazy amount. <laughs> it's It's easy to say that germophobia destroyed not only my sanity at its worst, but it brought me to dark places and it ruined for a bit how I felt about myself sexually, really, I I didn't feel sexy anymore. I didn't feel like I was a good partner sexually anymore because I just felt like I had too many mental blocks. And I just couldn't I couldn't be me anymore. I couldn't be me anymore. I couldn't give myself anymore. It was a really terrible time in my life that I don't think I could wish on my worst enemy. The end of what I'm dealing with, it's it's not there yet. It's better than it was, but I'm still not where I want to be yet. That being said, though, I, I do feel that I'm more loved and secure in this relationship than any of my previous relationships because I feel like, Guy's with me for more than just sex and how I look. He truly has seen the worst and is willing to buckle down without the promise of anything physical and is here for a relationship. He even committed when it was still a friendship and that my mind was just in shambles. I really hope... That all my listeners have been graced with a wonderful person or many wonderful partners who are with you through thick and thin and can see past your flaws and challenges that you face because they know you're worth their time. You deserve to be loved and to be shown kindness and understanding. And if anyone listening can relate, To what I discussed today. I want you to know that you can get better. And that I hope that things do start to look up for you. Even though everything may seem really bleak. You're not alone. And you're also not broken. We all have things that we struggle with and can push through. And you know what? I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe that you can get better. Because... I have really looked into the pit of despair and I'm higher than I was before and I know that anyone else can do it too. So thank you for sticking through this kind of sad episode. I hope that if, if you're somebody who can relate to this that you felt a bit of a heart-to-heart or feel less lonely. I'm always here to make people feel more human throughout their life experiences because at the end of the day, you're not alone. I appreciate you being here and listening through. I hope to have you here next week to listen to the next episode on Wednesday or hump day. If you would like to support this podcast, please like, review, and subscribe. If you want to see me on social media, I am on Instagram at danielle.m.laflamme. But with that, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye.